Hello and welcome to the Basin Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, how you doing? Hi, Adam. Hi, pal. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I know that you're very happy now because, you know, once we get into news and notes, you're going to be really not happy in a sec. I'm putting on a front. Yeah. I, I, I'm putting on a front. I'm, I'm hiding behind this mask right now. I'm doing super. I'm doing absolute super. Um, I am doing super, however, for one reason. Um, my star boy, ML Smith-Rowe, signing a new long-term contract with Arsenal and getting the number 10 shirt. Oh, oh I mean, you, you really love to see it. The Hairland boys coming through and becoming stars. I mean, it, it's just, it's truly wonderful. Bukayo Saka, ML Smith-Rowe. I mean, oh, heavens, heavens me. It, it really is something. It, it, it's a great day. It, it truly is a fantastic day until you ruin it in about two to five minutes. Okay. Sorry. But uh, yeah, we, we have to talk about this. Nope. I Listen, I'll talk about it. You got to know. People need to know. Well, there's because... a mailbag question about it. So, Oh, oh there is a mailbag question to, about it. Yeah. If you want to, you know, just touch on it and then we can really, you know, kind of go through in the mailbag, then we can do that. Okay. But yes, there, uh, there is. There is a mailbag question about it. Okay, well, so Cam Akers tore his Achilles, and he's out for the season. La, 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 not, not listening, not listening. La, 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 la. And it's so terrible because they really were the Rams were going to lean on him this season, and he was ranked in like our top fifteen. I mean, Burb was prepared to draft him in the first round. I was going to draft him in the first round in a couple spots. I was but, in talk. I was in talks to get him in my keeper league too. It's not ideal, but we can talk more about it with the mailbag question. Yeah, yeah, because there is a lot to uh, to kind of break down, and there is a mailbag question about it, so we'll save it for them. Um, one thing that's also interesting. So, uh, the Packers offered Aaron Rodgers a two-year contract extension this season. This is according to Adam Schefter. And Aaron Rodgers reportedly turned down this contract extension, showing that it's not about the money for him. It's about getting the fuck out of Green Bay. I don't know about that. I don't know about that because if they gave him a two-year extension, it would have turned, it would have carried into the contract that he has already, which would have made it a five-year deal, but then would have given him you know, the new, the new salary. I think if they were to just say, you know what, we'll give you a pay bump and that's that, then maybe that's something to discuss, but the contract really is meant to keep him just tied down to green Bay for the rest of time and shut him up. And clearly that did not work. So, you know, we'll see if green Bay goes back in with another offer. That is basically a, a cash offer, if anything else, or if there is more, uh, more momentum on uh, Rogers leaving green Bay, but uh, yeah, I, I'm still, Holding firm, I'm still ranking Devontae Adams as if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. I'm still ranking Aaron Jones as if Aaron Rodgers is still going to be there. I'm still ranking Aaron Rodgers as if Aaron Rodgers is going to be there. So I have not moved any of the Packers yet. Yet. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it would be – it just wouldn't be smart to rank Aaron Rodgers where you are. Like, rank him lower – because of the uncertainty in his situation, because at this point he's in green Bay. 
He hasn't shown up for, for camp yet, but he is con- he's contracted to the Green Bay Packers. It's a little different than Deshaun Watson, who we have not heard about in months after that whole story broke. Yeah. Yeah, I, that really you, – you ain't kidding about that either. That, that really has just gone crickets. I mean, I guess at this point they're just letting the legal process, the litigation process take its course. And then we'll find out when we find out. One would assume so. One would most certainly assume so. But but, they, but those are two different situations because – There haven't even been like, you know, rumors about it. Yeah, it's really weird. I'm kind of surprised. Like it's what it's one thing. Like if you're if you're looking for official word, then yeah, that's one thing. But there hasn't even been like, a, I guess a hack journalist that's tried to come up with a story about it. There's just, there's just been nothing. No. Well, I mean, I guess it's just like there maybe there just isn't any more new information about it. People well, maybe the story's just been beaten to death. People moved on to Aaron Rodgers. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to think that because obviously both stories are very serious. Deshaun Watson's is a lot more serious. I was going to say one is definitely more serious than the other. It's uh, well, they're know, both criminal, serious, a criminal trial charge, whatever. And someone who just has a disagreement with his bosses. Yes. So, Hey, you know what? I Watson for all those need to hear it. Watson, I am not touching with a 10 football. If there's any news on Watson, of course, we'll talk about it on the show. But yeah, I'm not touching him with a 10 football. No, nope. But yeah, I mean, that's why people have changed their ranks on Watson compared to uh, people kind of staying pat with Rodgers. Because if Rodgers comes back, then he comes back. Or well, there's tra- a chance that Rodgers plays. There's a greater chance that Rodgers plays than than Watson. Right. He's he'll be playing week one if he decide, if he says I'm coming back or I'm getting traded, then he'll be playing week one and that'll be it. But I mean, there's Deshaun a, Watson. There's a greater chance that Marshawn Lynch plays before Deshaun Watson at this point in time. And Marshawn Lynch is has been retired for a while. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we're dealing with here with Rodgers. I mean, still, it's very much a will he, won't he, you know, tug of war, whatever you want to call it. It is. It is. But I will I will say to anybody who is going to be drafting in the next couple of weeks or so, uh, the best bet that I would probably go for is avoid Rodgers, avoid Adams, and depending on Jones, if you like him or not, then maybe you can go for Jones. I don't, I don't know if I love him as the RB12, but I think if you're taking him, if you're taking him in the Gibson range, like we're basically talking like a whole half a round difference. Like instead of drafting him in the top of the second, maybe you get him middle of the second, late second. I think that's okay. Like if you're drafting in the top four and you're able to start with one of the top four guys and Aaron Jones, I think that's fine. I think that's actually really good. Well, you might get him – I don't know. That might change his availability just based on the news with Cam Akers because that's just one guy that's out of the top ten. Yeah, yeah, that's that's also very true. 
is, you know, I think everyone that was kind of in for a lot of people for the consensus, though, Akers was below Jones. I, I just I wasn't in that. Akers was higher than Jones for me. But yeah, for me, Jones gets pushed up without without Cam Akers. But I think with everyone else, Jones kind of stays where he is because he was higher than Akers to begin with. Same thing with same thing with someone like Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is probably the one guy that, you know, gets the biggest boost from Akers being out for me. Just because Chubb was the guy who was right behind Akers, Chubb and, and Eckler. Yeah, that makes sense. But, you know, it's like another thing. It's another addition to the scarcity that is running backs. Yeah. Yeah, you aren't kidding. I actually, I was having this conversation with, and this actually, I don't know how I, this came to my head, but we were talking about this last night um, when we were watching the the expansion draft. And um, I, I actually think this is good to bring up on here for now, because this, this is just kind of like a smorgasbord kind of show. It's a mailbag show, by the way. So welcome to the mailbag. So I was talking with uh, the weatherman for the Basin Talk podcast, Jared Fedgion, great guy. We were having a conversation and we were just going, just, just you know, spitting shit. And, you know, I had told him, I said, well, you know, Amari Cooper is being drafted in the 45 to 50 range overall. And he couldn't believe it. He was like, there's not a chance. There's not a chance that Amari Cooper is going to be drafted 45 to 50 overall. And I, I said to him, I said, look, yes, there is. Because you're going to see in drafts with how deep receiver is and how scarce running back is, the running backs are going to be pushed up based on position scarcity. The receivers are going to drop because there are just so many good ones that no one is really in a rush to draft the receiver. So yeah, you're going to see guys like Amari Cooper, guys like Julio Jones, potentially guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, going to be drafted in that 40 to 50 range. Deontay Johnson right now is the 50th guy off the board, according to NFC. And that's a guy that, that, that most people are going to say is a top 20 receiver that you're getting at the five, six turn, which is, which is fantastic. I mean, that's great. Someone like Brandon, Ayuk. I mean, where's where did Brandon, Ayuk go in our mock draft the other day, Adam round seven. Yeah. Something like that. It was round crazy. six round seven. I, that, I mean, that's fantastic. I don't, I, we got a, for our like third receiver, second or third receiver. Um, I think we had DeAndre Hopkins in like the third or fourth round. Yeah. I think, I think it was the third. I think that, it was the that's third. That's crazy. That's yeah. nonsense. Yeah. Ridiculous. Third or third pick in the third round. I'm pretty sure. And yeah, that's what that's, I think it was as well. That would, that is nonsense, but it just goes to show you. And this is what I'm talking about. Maybe this goes and age your argument, Adam, that you made on what was it? Tuesday's program, Monday's program. I forget when, when, when that, I think it was Monday. Well, the mock draft show that we just the mock did. draft show. I think that Last was on episode. Monday. I think that was Monday. No, it was Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Whenever it came out, we recorded on Monday, come out, comes out on Tuesday. Now I, I know recorded how it on Tuesday. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Now I know how Ryan and Greg feel. Yeah, exactly. The thing of the past, but on that program, we had discussed and, and debated the zero RB approach. This is the classic argument to not, go zero RB is why are you drafting receivers at the top when you're getting guys like you could start your receiving core. You could go running back, running back, running back in the first three rounds. If you're at the turn and then at the start of the fourth, you'd be looking at Amari Cooper, Julio Jones, Adam Thielen, CeeDee Lamb, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, whoever you want. 
that's that's fantastic. And you know you're getting three running backs. Say say you're at the back of the draft and you're at the one-two turn and you get yourself Jonathan Taylor and Austin Eckler. Then in round three, you come back around and you take a I don't know, maybe you're lucky enough and you you get your hands on J.K. Dobbins or Clyde Edwards Alaire. If not, you're taking Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders. Not awful as a, th- as a third running back. But then in the fourth, Darrell Henderson, who's now launched up there. We'll talk about Darrell Henderson, trust me. <laughs> but then in the fourth, you could take any receiver you want. And you just go heavy receiver the rest of the draft. And you can go those next three rounds. You could start target. You could take Amari Cooper there. And in the fifth, you could take a T. Higgins, if you love him that much, and a Brandon Ayuk. And you could start your team with, say, Jonathan Taylor, Austin Eckler, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Amari Cooper, T. Higgins, Brandon Ayuk. Oh, oh. In a PPR? Oh, my God. Yeah. And then even later, you can get all of that. Even later, you can get guys like Tyler Boyd, Corey Davis, my boy. Great guy. LaVisca Chenault. Um, Mike Davis, if you want, if you want to get a fourth running back there, if you don't trust the third running back that you took and you want to supplement that guy with, you know, someone else who's going to be the starter right away, Mike Davis. And even Devontae Parker for later in the season when he inevitably breaks out again. Ugh, ugh. Make him somebody <laughs> else's problem. But yeah, no. I, any, Listen, I'm conservative. Like I'm not conservative on a lot of things, but for fantasy football, I am pretty conservative. I, I could see that. I could <laughs> see that, but. But yeah, I mean, you you make a good point, and and I think you know where a lot of the translation was is that I'm I'm sort of advocating for zero RB. I'm not advocating for zero RB. I don't think this is the year to go zero RB at all. Obviously, if you want to be you know contrarian and you want to try and outsmart everybody, go for it. But what did I say? Just go go back go back to the mock draft program and listen around the 13 minute mark and listen to my public service announcement. If you need me to repeat it again, maybe I will at some point, but no sense in doing it now. Well, I think that, I mean, people probably thought that just because of the fact that you were saying like, well, you know, it's not a bad strategy to go against everybody and and draft a receiver when everybody's going running back. It's not a bad strategy to do it. This year, however, it's a bad strategy to do it. I don't love it. I don't love it. Can it be pulled off? Yes. Yes, absolutely it can, but it needs to be done flawlessly. Well, it doesn't seem like that now just because of not only the news that happened yesterday or Tuesday and then, um, you know, what we've been talking about all offseason with the positional scarcity with running backs and just the fact that running backs as a whole have higher value in fantasy football. And it has been that way for a long, 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 long time. And will continue to be that way for a long, 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 long time. Yes. Forever and ever. Amen. Like I was saying, with the scarcity of the running backs, it just makes so much more sense to prioritize running backs because you're playing the percentages, like I was saying on on Monday. Correct. And in turn, it means that the, the running backs are going to be pushed up. So, yeah, you could say that. James Robinson, for example, you you get you give James Robinson a fourth round grade, sure. But odds are, because of position scarcity, he might get pushed to bottom of round three, because everyone is going to be just slamming for these running backs, and you know, I just don't 
understand in a way the people that say zero RB is the move. And like I said, it can be, but you have to do it right. I don't understand how they can continue to slam for zero RB when after you get out of the top 20, the guys that you're just choosing from are, they're not, they're not going to be that good. They're not guys that are going to be like, Oh wow. You know, I'm going to just love starting my team with Raheem Mostert or Michael Carter or Javante Williams. You know, those are supplementary pieces. Those are not build your running back room around those guys pieces. You know, trust me, you have experience with that. Last after last year. Oh yeah. Well, that was also because of, of drafting Kelsey, which is a whole different discussion. Because it, we'll talk about it. Because the mailbag show. Who cares? When you when you draft Kelsey, and I've said it on the program a thousand times, y- you feel like you're behind automatically because you're drafting a position that is a luxury position, for lack of a better phrase. And yeah, Kelsey gives you a positional advantage over everybody else. That's for sure. But at the same time, you feel like you're chasing the draft. You feel like you're always going to be behind at running back or at receiver where you're going to be forced at some point or another to make a selection or two that you're not necessarily wanting to make. So that's that's the problem with taking a guy like Elsie. That's the problem with taking him a Holmes in a lot of ways as well is you're going to be chasing the draft the entire time because you went off board, air quotes, to go get a guy that's not a premier foundational position. So if you feel like you can go ahead and do it, then go ahead and do it. But Adam, I can tell you right now, when we co-own our squad, we are not going to be going after Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm looking back at our draft that we did. Yeah. And you really didn't have too many good options for running backs. So you drafted Kelsey in the second. Uh-huh. Um, and, I took him over Aaron Jones. I know that. Yes. And Joe Mixon. Joe, May- So it was – That's okay. Kelsey, it was Kelsey. I picked Terry Kill. Eighth. Um, Fraud. And then ninth was Joe Mixon, and tenth was Aaron Jones. And then um, in the third round, you picked uh, Kenny Galladay. Yeah, don't remind me. Sorry. And then um, in the fourth round, your first running back was Melvin Gordon. Oh, God. Although the fourth round wasn't good to either of them. Wow, what the fuck? Bless you. It was more of a cough than a sneeze. Bless you. Anyway, whatever. I mean, the fourth round wasn't good to either of us because you picked Melvin Gordon and, and then the pick after, because we had back-to-back picks, weirdly enough. The pick right after, I picked Leonard Fournette, who was on the Jaguars at the time. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Oopsies. And you were able to get Ronald Jones. Yeah. Thank goodness. I think – well, you had Ronald Jones. I did. I didn't. I traded him to you for – was it Montgomery? Did, was that Ronald Jones for David Montgomery straight up? It might have been. 
I somehow got no. There's no way I got David Montgomery back. I had David Montgomery by this by the end of the season. I don't know who I don't know who it was. I don't know who it was for then. Anyway, so speaking of running backs named David, um, David Johnson went in the at the tenth pick. David Johnson, and then. Um, I picked Mark Andrews in the fifth in the fifth round, which is not ideal. Oh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. But then you had Todd Gurley, and then it was just like Raheem Mostert, Le'Veon Bell, who ended up being terrible, James Conner, who ended up being meh, awful, and Mark Ingram. Yeah, so there was no winning in that scenario. No, and then the next running back after was Devin Singletary. Still no winning. There's no winning. I mean, Jonathan Taylor went in the ninth uh, with the ninth pick in the sixth round, but you had but you, nobody could have known that Jonathan Taylor would have had the season that he did. We should have predicted that Marlon Mack would have been Marlon Mack and tore his Achilles in week one. We should have predicted it. We should have predicted it. And then, I mean, then probably the next best running back, not to toot my own well, you know, Cam Akers uh, went seven one, but Great the next. Guy. The next best, the next best known quantity, really, was Dave Montgomery, who I picked um, in the seventh round. Antonio Gibson was probably there too, but still, that would have been high for Gibson. But we didn't know. I mean, that you picked been high for Gibson. And then you picked Rojo after that, and I'm not going to go through the entire draft, but I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, diabolical. And then one more uh, little news bit. Uh, Saquon Barkley says he feels good, but does not know when he's going to practice. So just kind of keep that in mind. Oh, so here's what happened. So I have the trade. So the trades were, it was, it was Montgomery for Jones straight up. Mm -hmm. And then remember that big Zeke trade that we did? Yeah. The monster. That that was that. I got David Montgomery back. Uh, that trade Christ. was okay. I trade so I traded Zeke, DeAndre Swift, Christian Kirk, and Tony Pollard for David Montgomery, Jarvis Landry, Phil Lindsay, and Melvin Gordon. Which honestly was not my best work. Well, I didn't have DeAndre Swift. I should have fucking kept him. Stupid. Stupid. But hey, we move. Yeah. We move. Anyway, so let's get into the mailbag, shall we? Mailbag. Love the mailbag. Are we going to uh, do this whole thing where we pick numbers? Uh, yeah, yeah, we'll do that. All right. So I have four. We have fourteen questions. Fourteen questions from our wonderful listeners. Um. Let's hopefully get this done in 45 minutes or so. So that way this is not like an hour and a half mailbag because that would really suck. Uh, All right. So for one of us. Yeah, exactly. Uh, One to 14, please. Uh, I'm always going to go with lucky number seven first. Lucky number seven. Okay. I need to count one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, okay. All right. This comes, this comes from Jimmy. Jimmy says, I need to pick two to keep. 
half point PPR. AJ Brown for a sixth. Patrick Mahomes for an eighth. Logan Thomas for an 11th. J.K. Dobbins for a 13th. Well, one of them is obvious. And yeah. I think you, you would agree with me. And mm-hmm. it's J.K. Dobbins for a 13th. Yes, correct. That's the easy one. Logan Thomas is a no for me. Even though the 11th isn't too bad, I still think you can get him probably around there. I mean, Patrick Mahomes for an eighth is pretty solid. Yeah, it's really good. I but think so I would, is A.J. Brown for a sixth. I probably mm, – well, this is this is indicative of, how, of like what we've been talking about or reminiscent of what we've been talking about for the past, like, what, 20 minutes? A little bit. I mean, receivers are so deep. Go with Patrick Mahomes for an eighth. I'd do that. I'm going to do Dobbins for a 13th and Mahomes for an eighth. I'm going to go with JK for a 13th and Brown for a sixth. Okay. Once again, like always, we do not agree on something. Good. Thank God. I will say this, however. I will say say this. If and I don't know what the keeper rules are with this, but I know in some leagues what they do is it, you know, it multiplies based on how many years you keep them. If AJ Brown goes up to a fourth next year and Mahomes goes up to a sixth, I would probably keep Mahomes. But if it's a fixed price for X amount of years, I'd keep Brown for the sixth. I think Brown okay. for the sixth is all right. Uh, so why would they do that? It's just it, it's just a way to it's a different way to do it. There's no there's no like there's no right or wrong. Um, most leagues what they try and do is they try to encourage different guys being kept, so it's not the same guys being kept year after year. So sometimes you know you'll have leagues like my keeper league that I run is every year every additional year that you keep someone after you keep them for the first year it goes up an additional. Uh, two. So let's say you keep someone someone from year one to year two for a tenth, then it will go up year two to year three to an eighth, then to a sixth, then to a fourth, so on, so on. Just so it encourages a little bit of, of diversity. But sometimes what what keeper leagues will do is they'll put a contract on some guys and say you have to keep this guy for X amount of years, and the the longer the term of the contract, the lesser the draft pick is what is what some leagues will do. But you're fixed okay. into those contracts. So it's like you if you say, oh, I'm going to keep DK Metcalf for five years at an eighth round pick, you have to keep DK for those five years. Or you could say, I'll keep DK for two years at the cost of a fifth. So on, so on. Okay. Just to make it well, a bit more interesting. And like I said, just create more change and turnover in the league from year to year. So it's not just the same guys being kept over and over and over again. Well, that's interesting because I've never heard of anything like that because I've never really played in a keeper league. So Keeper leagues are the best. They are the introduction to Dynasty. Yes. I just think it's interesting because I, I don't really – I'm not like a huge fan of the first thing where it's like the the picks increase or the, the cost increases um, after a year. I'm not a fan of that just because keepers are supposed to reward good drafting. Yes, which, which they do. But if you're not incentivized to keep your players that you're good, that you like your sleepers that you drafted a couple of years ago, then what then? Well, most just, most keeper leagues are they, they come at a penalty. 
Most most keeper leagues do. So you draft a guy in the 14th, you keep well, yeah, him for the a 13th. Is the, the penalty is that you don't get a pick in that round. Yeah, but if you draft a guy in the 13th round, that's a lottery pick. And if, and if he smashes it, you're going to keep him at a 12th. Then it goes to a 10th, then to an 8th, then to a 6th, then to a 4th. That's four or five years worth of reasonable control, depending on who the guy is, what position he plays. So in the long run, it's not that bad. If the guy is a, is a stud, like I, I can just give you an example of my keeper in my keeper league, two guys that are under low cost control are Patrick Mahomes, who's being kept. He was drafted in the 14th round. He's uh, year three. The guy has him. I think he's being kept now for a ninth. And the other one is George Kittle, who was drafted two years ago for a 16th. So he's at a 12th or he's at an 11th now. Okay. Like in the long run, that's nothing. But most guys, most guys in keeper leagues are not really kept super long term because you only have so many guys that are available to be kept. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, in this scenario where you, where these guys are being kept at mid round picks, I think it's just like, eh. I always say, if you want teams to say the same play dynasty, but in keeper leagues, you want turnover. You want guys that are going back into the pool. You don't want the same guys that are being kept year in, year out. Because that's so fun. Okay. But if you want the same teams play dynasty. All right. Uh, Lucky number seven is done. So my next choice, you know, who's uh, to yesterday was the anniversary of somebody's major league baseball debut. Is either yesterday or two days ago. Who might that anyway, be? The captain. My captain. Fuck he, him. What? Fuck him. Oh. You have to pick number five. You have to. Yes. Fuck David Wright. He's a piece of shit. This is from Thomas. Where does the oh. injury to Acres now place Darrell Henderson? Thanks, da- thanks, David Wright. You piece of shit. I'll have you know that David Wright's a wonderful human being. He is a piece of shit. I will take no David Wright slander. Nope. Fuck him. David Wright is associated now with the Cam Acres injury question. So, oh my guess God. what? Guess what? Congratulations. I now hate David Wright five times as more than I did before. Why do you don't why well besides this weird thing, why don't you like David Wright? Why because he's a like New York Met, that's why. Unbelievable. Anybody anybody who wears that jersey, I don't like. Same thing with the Boston Red Sox, same thing with the New York Islanders, same thing with the New York Giants, Philadelphia Eagles, and Washington football team, and the same thing with Tottenham. Fuck them. Fuck them all. Whatever, David Wright's a wonderful person. And the Boston Celtics, but and the Brooklyn Nets. I, I knew I knew I was forgetting one more. What about the Sixers? I don't mind the Sixers. Hmm. The one tolerable, tolerable Philadelphia team. I wouldn't say they're tolerable, but we just have bigger fish to fry. In our own backyard. Yep, in our own backyard, exactly. Um, all right. Yeah, we're, I'm actually kind of happy that we'll talk about this early, get it done. And oh. Oh, now you're happy after all that. Adam, shut the fuck up. So I will say this. I am not drafting Darrell Henderson. I want no part in this now. Oh, (laughs) well, maybe partially, but yeah, I want no part. 
Henderson is my number 21 running back right now, just outside the top 20. I have him pretty much going as a late round four, early round five pick right now. Might get pumped up a little bit due to inflation. But yeah, I I mean, I just find it very hard to believe that with Sean McVay saying that, you know, they're not going to bring in anybody else, that they're good with the guys that they have, that Darrell Henderson is going to be the at least first guy to touch the ball now for, for the Rams. I just don't think Darrell Henderson is that good, Adam. I, 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 I just don't think he's, he's that good. Well, he lost his job to Cam Akers for one. Well, Cam Akers is a fucking Hall of Fame running back. I don't blame him. Well, no. I mean, that's not the, that's not the insult it sounds like. I'm saying that he lost his job. He already lost his job once. And that's the reason why we're, why we were even talking about Cam Akers being an incredible first round running back. And someone that helped people win fantasy leagues last year. If they listened to the waiver show, cause I was, ha- I was slamming the desk every goddamn week telling people to go pick up Cam Akers. Exactly. Did that so, happen or did not, did that not happen Adam? No. Well, I was there. I know I, it happened. <laughs> you, you were there. That's true. I was present. Maybe begrudgingly, but you were there. Blink twice if you hear against your will. <laughs> <sighs> but, Adam, would you draft Darrell Henderson as a top 20 guy? Yeah, I agree with you. I wouldn't really draft Darrell Henderson. I don't really trust Darrell Henderson. I mean, who else is there, really? I mean, Malcolm, I don't think, he, I don't even think Malcolm Brown is there. No, he's in uh, Miami now. Yeah. So I'll give I'll give you the um, I'll give you the guys that are behind uh, Darrell Henderson. So the number two now for the Los Angeles Rams, if I can find him, is Xavier Jones. Household name. And Raymond Calais. That's the other guy. And then of course Darrell Henderson being the the number one guy. So I'll just, I'll just throw some, uh, I'll throw some names around Adam and you tell me who'd you rather have. We'll play. Would you rather here? Okay. Uh, would you rather Darrell Henderson or Miles Sanders? Miles Sanders. I'd rather have Sanders too. Full, full disclosure. I, I would rather have Sanders. Darrell Henderson or Josh Jacobs. Oh, I'd rather have Josh Jacobs. I'd rather have Henderson. Oh, Closer, though. On. Come on now. Closer, though. Closer. Josh Jacobs has to, co- has to compete with Kenyon Drake. That backfield is a mess. The Rams are going to be good. The Raiders are going to suck. <sighs> Henderson. Henderson. Uh, Darrell Henderson or Mike Davis? Mike Davis. I'd rather that's have Mike easy. Davis, too. Closer. That's easy. That's easy for me. Wow. I, I don't think that's that easy. I don't think it's that easy. I think well, you, that Davis. You know what? I'm going to – let's put a, put a moratorium on these would-you-rathers. Here are some free agent running backs oh, that are out God. there that the, that, the Ra- that the Rams could bring in. Todd Gurley, Le'Veon Bell. Can you imagine – well, you know, it would be pretty interesting to, to have a Todd Gurley-Rams reunion. Some would say poetic. We know Adam is a uh, big fan of poetic storylines. I do. I do like the poetic storylines. I mean, I don't know, Todd Gurley, TJ Yeldon, LaShawn McCoy – Chris Thompson, Frank Gore, if he hasn't retired yet. Um, 
basically, you know, Le'Veon, Edo Smith, who was released by the Falcons, um, Bryce Love. I don't know. You'd think that uh, the front office there, uh, it's still less need, right? Yeah. I just... You think think they would think about bringing in somebody? I think the guy just makes so much sense to them is Gurley. I hate it. I, I really, really do. Well, but, it would just be another committee then. Yeah, it would It would be a mess. It would be a mess. But I think for the sake of all of our brains, let's hope that they stick to just Henderson. Let's hope they do. I doubt it, but let's just hope that they uh, that they do. And, of course, rest up, Cam Akers. We need you back next year. We need you back healthy, King. All right. Also, well, yeah. one, one guy that uh, Jordan Rodriguez of The Athletic – He's talking about Xavier Jones as a really good asset for the Rams. Yeah, he's number two right now. Yep. Number two could be a change change of pace guy as well. Yeah. All right. So the five next and one. seven are done. Okay. I'm going to go with Vincent Company. Number four. You're going to go with number four. Okay. Uh oh. Oh, this is a this is a very interesting question. This comes this comes from Travis. By the Travis, way, is this all about sports? Um, there are three that are not fantasy football related. Fantastic. Yeah, so we can go off the rails. You just got to pick them. But this comes from Travis, and this is actually this actually was my favorite question out of all that we got sent. Because I think there's actually a lot of thinking that goes into this question. And Travis says, who is the one player outside your top 30 position ranks that you will draft everywhere you can? Hmm. So, so the question is to dumb it down. Out no, of, yeah. We'll say running backs and receivers because, you know, you're not redrafting quarterbacks or tight ends outside the top 30. But out of the running backs and receivers – who is a guy outside the top 30 of both that you will be drafting everywhere you can? I think that is an absolutely amazing question. That's a phenomenal question. I mean, I might be biased. I am biased. I would love to buy low on Michael Carter. I think that was one of the guys I was going to say. I just think that I, I love the, where this, jet, this Jets offense looks. I love where it is right now. And I mean, hopefully Zach Wilson signs because he hasn't signed yet. They signed Elijah Moore and Elijah Vera Tucker. They haven't signed Zach Wilson, but anyway, that's going to happen. Um, I like Michael Carter a lot. Michael Carter was one of the guys I was going to say. Michael Carter, he, he's like, like we talked about, he is the perfect stash play. He's a guy you're going to draft, you're going to hold, and you're going to wait and see what happens. I think he is a beeline for that number one Jets running back job. Truly, I, mean, what, I do. What was the last time that we were optimistic about a Jets running back? Chris Ivory? <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Been, been a while. It has been a hot minute. Um, I mean, I, I'll give I'll give one for the running backs. I'll give one for the receivers. I, I do have two. I don't really know which one I want to say, but more content, I guess. Uh, for the running backs, uh, I'm going with Damian Harris who is out just outside my top 30. He's my 33rd running back right now. I will be drafting him everywhere I possibly can. 
And for the receivers, I am going with Michael Pittman, who is my 39th receiver right now. And I will be drafting him literally everywhere that I can. Some other options include Jerry Judy, who is closing in in my top 30. He's very, actually very close to that. Um, Devonta Smith is a very popular one that people really like. Antonio Brown is another one that I've really started to come around on. I, I like him a lot. Um, and then for the, for the running backs, other guys I think I could probably go out and target out to the top 30. Leonard Fournette is one of those guys. Trey Sermon is another one of those guys. Uh, Tony Pollard is an excellent one. A.J. Dillon is a great one as well. So just a couple names to, uh, to, to throw around there. But that was a, uh, that's a very, very, very good question. I, I, I do like that one a lot. So, uh, Travis, thank you for the, uh, for the all-star uh, mailbag question of the day. That was uh, definitely my favorite question that we, that, we, that we got and the one that required well, the most thinking. Yes. All right, so we have four, five, seven. Done. All right, I'm going to go with the future of the New York Knicks. R.J. Barrett. Wow. Wow. You're going to go with the future the future of the New York Knicks. Okay. This one comes from Allen. Okay. Allen says, what is too much to charge for a startup league in year one? Do you want the serious answer or the smart-ass answer? Uh, The serious answer would be greatly appreciated. The serious answer is is like $40 for me. It's a little high even for me. A little high. I, I would say probably the most is like 30. 30 would yeah. be the most for a startup. For a startup. And then you see, then you see who who likes it. And you know, you just kind of go from there. I mean, really, I think it should be like somewhere closer to 15 just because you're trying to get as many people as possible. Yeah. Like, come on, it's $15. You know, what are you going to do? Would you like to join a fantasy football league and feel fulfillment? Or do you want to get a meal at McDonald's? Yeah. 15, 15 isn't bad. 15 isn't bad. 30 is probably the high end of what you can probably charge, but yeah. Yeah. That's just kind of like, it it, it just comes down to preference. Like you, you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't ask us for that. I think it's more of, you know, you need to go around and actually ask people what they're comfortable with paying. Yeah. For a startup. For a startup. Because we, we can say what we want and that might be what we're comfortable paying. But depending on, you know, how, not only like how old you are, your income situation and the same sure. and, and what that applies to your friends, the, the answers could be wildly different. I mean, Absolutely when I was 100% in- correct. My first fantasy league, uh, when I was in summer camp, I think it was like five or ten dollars, and we were fifteen. <laughs> so, I mean, I think my first fantasy league was free. Yeah, well, the first one with people that I know that I knew. Yeah, was... the first one with people that I knew that was, was free. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. Only had really knew what we were doing, so it was just kind of like you know, just kind of testing the waters. So why well, I, I was in, I basically forced myself into a, a more established league. Cause like they, Look they've been you. doing, they've been doing, they've been doing the league for a long time. And, and you so forced like, your oh. way in. I was like, Oh, can I do it this year? And like, yeah, sure. Fine. Why not? 
And then it's like, you picked Aaron Rodgers fourth overall. Maybe this wasn't a great idea. Well, <laughs> got to make mistakes, Adam. We all do. Yep. All right. So nine, four, five, seven are all done. I'm going to get, I have two options for athletes. This is the same number. Yeah. I'm going to do something that appeals to both of us. And that's okay. Artemi Panarin. I was going to say Chad Paddington, but Artemi Panarin. Artemi never fails us. No. Number 10. This comes from Kyle. Kyle asks. I know Kyle, you've discussed. Uh, our friend Kyle. No, this is not Kyle Byrne. And by the way, happy birthday, happy, Kyle Byrne. It was his happy birthday. Happy belated yesterday. birthday. Yes. Great guy. We stand Kyle Byrne. Uh, but Kyle asks, I know you discussed Star Wars, so rank these villains. Darth Maul, Count Dooku, General Grievous, Darth Vader, Emperor Palpatine, Kylo Ren. Okay. Well, Darth Vader's got to be one for me. And then... It's Emperor Palpatine, Count Dooku, Kylo Ren, General Grievous, Darth Maul. For me, it's Vader 1, Palpatine 2, General Grievous 3, Kylo Ren 4, Dooku 5, Maul 6. Interesting. Darth Maul is the most overrated character in Star Wars. Yeah. Not named Jar Jar Banks, of course. Or Boba Fett. Or Boba Fett, yes. Or Jabba the Hutt. Yeah. Or Jabba the Hutt. But yes. General Grievous. The General Grievous. I, like I've said, the, the level of disrespect that General Grievous gets is is just is blasphemous. It's it's abhorrent. Well, I think it's just because I don't know. General Kenobi. <laughs> ah, the negotiator. <laughs> King, King. Listen, he's quotable. Oh, that he only goes, absolutely is. It only goes so far. My guy, my guy spit some quotes. He was only he was only in like two scenes. He just wasn't flushed out. They could have done no, so much they, more with him. No, they absolutely crushed him. But still, memorable, memorable in and of itself. Count Dooku, fantastic. Kylo. You I ranked, Ky- but you ranked Ky- Count Dooku second to last. Yeah, but Kylo, Kylo, I have a love hate relationship with. I think the portrayal of Ben Solo itself was just kind of like, eh. But Adam Driver played the part so well that it kind of masked how I don't want to say badly because it wasn't bad, but I guess how underwhelming. It sort of was. Well, it's a little. I mean, the character itself is kind of weird because it's just like, oh well, you know. It's the conflict. It, it's it, it's the 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 dark and the light conflict that just kind of basically enshrouds the character for three films, which is just kind of like, yeah, okay. It seems right. like it was kind of like forced on him, also. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because it was just like, well, he you know he was just chilling being Luke Skywalker's Padawan, and then he realized he was evil. He has evil blood, an evil lineage, and then he killed people. Yeah. Yeah, correct. 100% correct. But like I said, Adam Dreyer played the part really, really well. Yep. And Well, he's a good actor. He's a great actor. He is. Yes, he is. I, I, I will absolutely give credit. And I don't know if you've, uh, you have seen 
the um, the Obi Wan series that's going to Disney Plus, and how Hayden Christensen is returning to play Darth Vader. I did see that. Oh, Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen back in my life again. It's gonna be just it's gonna be just a continuation of Revenge of the Sith. It's gonna be fantastic. Yeah, but he's not. Wait. So is he playing Darth Vader? Wait, I'm confused. So is this taking place like in the middle of three and four? I believe so. Yes, it's I believe it's 20 years after the end of Revenge of the Sith. Okay. It's during Obi-Wan's exile on Tatooine. Okay. When Yoda sends him there, do the whole training so he can connect with uh, with Qui Gon and, and all of that. That's what this is. Gotcha. But it's not an opportunity to see Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen, two of my favorites. Holy shit, Obi Wan! You're a- holy shit, Anakin! You're alive. <laughs> Great guy. Great guy. And may- maybe who knows? Maybe there's like maybe a cameo for uh, for Chance of Palpatine. Love to see it. Yeah, you would love to see it. Kyle, thank you so much for the question. And great name, by the way, because we do have a great, great, great friend named Kyle. We, we, we do stand the name, Kyle. All right, so we have four, five, seven, nine, and ten that are gone. I'm going to go please. with Zach Wilson. Number two. Okay. Two. All right, this comes with Thaddeus. Best fantasy pick you've ever had. Man, this is a tough, this is a very, very, very tough question. This is an easy one. This is an easy one. It's a tough question because my mind just blanks every time I think of like fantasy drafts. Every time I think of like my old fantasy drafts, my mind completely blanks. Minus Kareem Hunt in the 14th round of the year, Spencer Ware went down with a torn ACL in the preseason. The draft Ooh. was before that happened, and I had Kareem Hunt. That was Kareem Hunt's rookie year. When Cream Hunt went just went absolutely wild. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's mine. By by like a long shot. Uh, not close. I mean, I do remember picking Patrick Mahomes pretty late. And that but that league doesn't like I don't remember where I picked him because that league that was the auction league, I'm pretty sure, that doesn't exist anymore. True. But uh, yeah, I think that 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 one's probably would be mine. It's Patrick Mahomes. Okay, I think it's a uh, that's that's a fair shout. All right, so we have one, three. I picked DK Metcalf. Okay, okay, I picked DK Metcalf in the sixteenth round in twenty nineteen. I don't know what I did with him. Probably cut him. No, he was still on my team by the by season's end. Oh, okay. How did this team only go six and seven? I had Rogers, Odo Beckham, DK. Oh, that's why. DK Metcalf, Hunter Henry, Josh Jacobs. Anyway. So we have one, three, six, eight, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Okay. I need to come up with more. Athletes, more more athlete numbers. 
that are in the lower that are in the lower digits. Um, I'm going. Oh, hmm. I'm going to go with Jonathan VR, and that's number one. It's going to say I was going to need a refresher <laughs> on that one. All right, number one. Oh <laughs> yes, 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 yes. This comes from our good friend Adam. Frequent bagger, Adam. Not me. Not you. You're 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 your Adam associate. So Adam asks, I know you're big football fans. Talk about we the are. global one. Talk about the global one. Adam, yeah. what is your favorite Man City moment? Bird, what is your favorite Arsenal moment? Well, that's... And then what is your favorite footballing moment of all time? Well, that one's easy for me. Can it be anything else? It's got to be uh, 9320. Yep. I wouldn't, I, I would have been shocked if it was any other answer. I mean, I can give you like a couple that were also really cool. I mean, you know, beating PSG in the Champions League semifinal. Let's not talk about what happened two weeks later. But yeah, let's please don't. But beating PSG in the semifinal, um, you know, honestly, I mean, the season, you know, two seasons ago ended horribly with the loss to Leon. But, you know, that first leg in the burn at the Bernabeu, where we were, uh, Sergio, Sergio Ramos got sent off, Kevin De Bruyne, Kevin De Bruyne scored a penalty, Gabriel Jesus scored. That was amazing. That was really cool. I have a lot of Arsenal moments. God, this is very, very, very tough. 5-2 at the Emirates when we beat Spurs. Both times were pretty nice. Um, Jesus. Mesut Ozil, when he signed for the club, I've never been more elated or happy about anything in my life. Um. Fabregas, his goal versus Milan. Fabregas's goal versus Spurs after Van Persie's goal. Oh my God, there there are a lot. I'm gonna say my favorite Arsenal moment. Oh God, Thierry's winner against United at the Emirates. The Invincibles. Hmm. Oh, yeah. All right. I know what it is. Um, Aaron Ramsey, when he scored the goal in the FA Cup final to beat Hull to snap the trophy trap. Very nice. That's it for me. That That's the one. That is the one. Um, and my favorite football moment of all time. Oh, that's really hard because there are a lot. I didn't pick that one. My favorite football moment of all time. That is but also there are a lot. Rooney's bicycle kick versus City in the Derby. Fuck that. Brilliant. Fuck Absolutely that. brilliant. Honestly, I like, you I mean, Gareth Bale's uh, kick in the Champions League final against Liverpool. It's a good shout, too. It's a good or shout too. Ronaldo's bicycle kick versus Juventus. When he was at Real Madrid. 
Mandzukic bicycle kick in the Champions League final. Well, they can't all be bicycle kicks. I know. I'm just trying to <laughs> rattle them off. Um, Honestly, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst and his strike in the World Cup. Tim Cahill's volley in the World Cup. Oh, good Lord. I Listen, this might be painful for some people, but I, outside of Man City games, I've never been more tense watching the England versus Italy penalty shootout in the Euros this year. Yeah, yeah. I've never been more tense and excited watching that penalty, that penalty shootout for a team that I don't even root for. Two yeah, teams I don't even root for. Some of us. Some of us. Um, God. The best football. Oh, yeah, I know. I know what mine is because I'm, I'm a Ronaldo stan. When Ronaldo lifted the, the Euro with Portugal. That's my favorite oh. football moment of all time. Okay. Seeing Ronaldo triumph on the international stage. Very nice. We love Ronaldo. We do love Ronaldo here. All right. So we have uh, three, six, eight, and then 11 and 14. Oh, we do have six. Yeah, we do have six. I'm going to go with Jeff McNeil. Number six. Fuck him too. Um, All right. This comes from uh, Christian. And Christian asks, PPR, rank them. A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas, Allen Robinson, DeAndre Hopkins. Hold on. Say the, so say them again. A.J. Brown. Yeah. Michael Thomas. Okay. Allen Robinson. DeAndre Hopkins. Very, very close. Yes. For me, it is Hopkins, Robinson, Brown, Thomas in PPR. You know what? Actually, I think I, yeah, I'm going to go with the same one. The same. Hopkinson, Robinson, Brown, Thomas. No, I'm going to switch that. I apologize. I'm going to switch that. Hopkins, Thomas, Robinson, Brown. Really? Yeah, I'm I'm sticking with Hopkins, Robinson, Brown, Thomas. Well, the problem is is that Robinson, Robinson, Brown, Thomas are all back to back for me. Hopkins is number one. That that's that's no doubt in this. I keep going back and forth on these other guys. Why, why are you so high on Michael Thomas? I just think he's in, he's in a better offense now. They're going to be able to throw the ball. I think Drew Brees retiring is going to be the best thing for Michael Thomas, period, because they'll be able now to throw the ball downfield and you won't have to rely on 10 to 15-yard passes for him to get his receptions. Michael Thomas without Drew Brees is going to be a completely different animal. He's going to be a much better receiver. Trust me. Um, I'm, I, you know what? I'm, yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to go with final answer. Hopkins one. Allen Robinson two. A.J. Brown, three, Michael Thomas, four, but very close because Allen Robinson, Allen Robinson, A.J. Brown, Michael Thomas are five, six, seven for me. And Hopkins is three. Okay. With, De- with Devontae Adams as number, as number four. Okay. So really, if he'd put Devontae Adams in this question, it would have been my three to seven right there. Hopkins, Adams, 
Robinson, Brown, Thomas. But no Devonte. So, yep, those are uh, those are mine. Okay, so we have three, eight, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. All right, I'm going to go with Frank, Frank Nilakina. You're going to go with Frank Nilakina. What? What a guy! Now, the future of the New York Knicks. Future of the New York Knicks. You think so? No, I'm kidding. I was literally about to say. I was about to say. Are 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 you on drugs? No. Are are you are you on drugs? In the words of one great poet, Stephen A. Smith, absolutely incredible guy. Okay, so we are going with question eleven. This comes from oh Rick. Okay, this yeah this is this is a great question. This is a great question, and you know, this is babysitting time. Uh, Rick asks, uh, League Dilemma, my commission has not set a draft date yet. What do I or any of my league members do? I don't know, throw rocks at his house? <laughs> <laughs> not a bad option. Send him a strongly worded email saying, um, you know, it's July. It's late July. We're getting ready. August is on the horizon. Um, it would be nice to know when we're going to be having our draft. Couldn't have said that much better myself. Could have said it much better myself or threatened to uh, have a hostage situation in the lake. Have uh, Force a coup. That's what you do. You mean a mutiny? Mutiny works even better. Coup is a bit more peaceful. But mutiny, if we want violence here, mutiny is the one. Well, coups usually aren't peaceful. That's not uh, coup, Coups really are very peaceful in my time. That's not really the point. In my what time. The, what fucking coup is peaceful? Uh, my Maybe coup. One. Name one. My coup. Taking over the fantasy football scene. This is a coup. This is a coup. And we've done it peacefully. I get nothing for that. Yeah, I, 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 me personally, I like putting this question in there. This, okay. is, this, is, this is just a silly question. Call your commissioner, text your commissioner, and say, yeah, what the fuck is up? Bam, done. All right. Uh, we have now three, eight, 12, 13, 14. I'm going to go with Ilkay Gundogan. Eight. Eight. Okay. Ah. This is for both of us. This is from Caleb. Explain the hate for Barkley other than the usual injury risk. That is the hate for Barkley. No, 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 no. I can give you the hate for Barkley other than injury risk. That's the biggest part of the issue. But the other part of it is... The Giants' offense sucks. The offense is terrible. The offense is awful. The offensive line is not great. Daniel Jones is horrible. Jason Garrett is your offensive coordinator. It's as stale as stale can be. No. No, thank you. Saquon Barkley, by the way, is being drafted right now as the 10th player off the board. So he is falling like a rock. My question, Adam, for you is if you're at the back of a draft and Saquon Barkley is somehow magically still there as the 10th player on the board and you're at that turn, do you take Barkley there? It depends on who's there, but probably not. Probably not. I'm not going to cop out. Probably not. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the same man who said he would not draft Tyreek Hill or A.J. Brown last year and still managed to take them when the price is right. Do not listen to this fraud. 
wait a minute. I didn't, I didn't say anything bad about AJ Brown last year. Yes, you did. Last year? Yes. You said you were not a fan of AJ Brown at his going rate. Well, yeah. At his going rate. This man is a fraud. Do not listen to him. He will draft Saquon Barkley at the price is right. Well, yeah. What I said was at his going rate. So I drafted him lower than his going rate. I didn't say I wasn't going to draft him. So Saquon Barkley is going at a discount. Well, I never, well, okay. I never said that I wasn't going to draft Saquon Barkley at his going rate. I just said that I wasn't going to draft him. Okay. So it's, it's, it's a difference. It's a difference of you were not going to draft AJ Brown at his price, but with Saquon Barkley, you're not going to draft him period. I'm not interested in drafting Saquon Barkley. Okay. Fair, fair. Ladies and gentlemen, let's put this on the record that Adam will not be drafting Saquon Barkley at all. If he goes on any podcast whatsoever of ours and is on a live draft and even remotely recommends Saquon Barkley be drafted by our teams or his team, let it be known that he will be properly executed on the spot. Okay. I just going back, going back to the coup. I will, I will pull a coup on you. See that's that. See that time you use the correct definition. I will go. Coup. I will go all bloody Sunday on your ass. Well, good because I'm not going to be considering drafting Saquon Barkley. I will go all bloody Sunday on your ass. I might joke about it, but I'm not going to draft him. Please, good lord, draft Saquon Barkley. I will eviscerate you. I'm not going to. Please make my life easy. No. Okay, so that's done. Uh, fuck you, Caleb. That was a terrible question. Uh, okay. Giants so, fan? Of course, Giants fan. Do you expect anything different? Pricks. Uneducated, uneducated people. Uh, 3, 12, 13, 14. I'm going to go with Tomas Nito. Three. The Mets backup catcher, I didn't expect you to know what his number is. I thought it was three, but I wasn't, I wasn't exactly sure. This comes from Danny. Best TV show of all time, boys. Go. Honestly, I mean, I love, uh, I love the Sopranos. I'm currently rewatching the Sopranos. It's phenomenal. Good chat. It's good chat. I also like Archer. Have you ever seen Archer? I have not. I've heard very good things though. It's hilarious. Um, best TV show of all time. Hmm. I mean, it depends. It depends on the genre for me. Because I think if, if we're looking at like comedy, The Office is fantastic. I know a lot of people don't like The Office, but I, I, I don't know why. But a lot of people are just not funny if they don't like The Office. Um, Entourage is excellent. Ari Gold is it, or truly, he's a generational character. But if we're talking about true TV shows, I mean, True Detective season one, I still stand by it as the best season of television single-handedly that I've ever watched. Hands down, not even remotely close. Nothing even comes close to it. Interesting. True Detective season one is phenomenal and it just gets pain painfully worse. But the best television show. Really? No, no mention of Westworld? It's the same thing. Westworld season one was great and it just got worse. I'm going to go for, I'm, I'm just going to, I'm going to go for uh, Sopranos. 
I'm gonna go for the Sopranos. I think right. I think collect collectively the Sopranos is just excellent. There really isn't one bad thing about the show. Maybe the maybe the worst thing about the show is the end, but it's just so debated that it's great. Which well, is, the cool, the best part about the ending is all the theories surrounding the ending. Well, that's exactly it. Is if the ending was truly bad, no one would give a shit about it. But the ending was bad to the point where people talk about it. It's the most talked about ending of a television show ever. So yep. how can it be bad? It's great. So, yeah, uh, game, uh, Game of Thrones, uh, Sopranos for me. Sopranos I, mean, I, like for me. I like Game of Thrones, but that's the same. It has like the similar problem. Yeah, it just, a lot of the, the other end, TV shows is the, the end ending. was the end was terrible because they wanted to go work on Star Wars and they got fired for Star Wars. So, hey, what are you gonna do? All right, 12, 13, 14. I'm gonna pick Joe Willie Namath. Number twelve. Yep. Oh boy. I'm okay. not associating that number with anybody else ever. Okay. Joe Willie Namath. This comes from Ollie. Yep. Olivier Giroud, by the way. Ollie says, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, boys. Hmm. That was nice. That was nice. Yep. Key to my heart. I was invited to a spouse co-ownership league. I really don't want to own a team with my wife, but I feel like I feel like if I don't do it, I will be in the doghouse for at least the rest of my life. Are you sure Probably. it isn't fear? You might have you been projecting. <laughs> you might have just added that. You might be fearing for something. I think so as well. Do I do it just so I stay out of the doghouse or do I not do it and continue to enjoy fantasy football? <laughs> that is a, that is like the toughest question we've ever gotten. It really is. It really is. <laughs> I honestly, I don't know the answer. Go seek professional help. <gasps> really? Go to a marriage counselor and see what they say. Well, lucky, lucky for Ollie. I am, I am a relationship specialist. So, you've come to the right place, my friend. God. I mean, listen. That's, that's hard. If your wife wants to do it, then, you know, if it's not going to kill you, I guess do it to keep, you know, if you want to see your wife happy doing, and you can have something that you can share and enjoy. I mean, that league itself, when you said spouse co-ownership, I was like, nope, fuck that. That sounds awful. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ollie, I have I my own philosophy, and I got burned on this before, is I don't include significant others in my fantasy leagues unless the, unless I'm married to them. So you're married. So that's good. That's good. Congratulations for that. You, start. You, you are married. Yes, that is a start. <laughs> I would say to this. If your wife really wants to do it, do it. What's the worst that's going to happen? If she hates it, she gives up, says she doesn't want to do it. You tell her to, sh- to shush and you run the team and bam, you have another team. Maybe you win the league and your wife is really happy with you and you get to have a kid or two or, or three or you know whatever. So I would, I usually lean on the side of just saying, yes, keep the peace, keep it civil. Um, but have a negotiation in there, you know, say, say, say to your wife, I'll do the league with you. If you do this with me, or I'll do the league with you. If you give me this, you know, have, have some bartering in there, Ollie, you know, that's what you have to do. Barter with her, 
create a contractual agreement that says, I will do this league with you if you are going to give me this or do this for me. That's what I would do. I don't know. I feel like it would just – I'm not crazy about the whole, like, barter barter system in this scenario. Where Adam, that's what marriage is. Marriage is about bartering. You okay. do this, I get that. I do okay. this, you get this. It's that simple. Ollie, listen to me. Listen to me. Listen to me. I'm talking to you. Do this league if you are getting some sort of substantial, and I mean substantial, return for your services. And you could take that any way you want. Okay. Trust me, King. Trust me. You will thank me later. Okay. 13 or 14? Um, I'm going to go with Luis Guillerme, which is 13. Who is 13? Number 13. Okay. Just this comes from Alex. Okay. Great to trade. I give a first-round rookie pick in Aaron Rodgers. I get Patrick Mahomes. Honestly, so he's getting Patrick Mahomes. Yep, is what you said. Yep, and he gives up Rodgers in a first-round rookie pick. Hmm. What's your grade? Because I'm I'm torn on this. I have two grades. I have two grades for this. If you're contending, this trade is an A. If you are not contending, or if you're a middle of the road team that's trying to contend, this is a C. Okay. So with with that in mind, it's a B. It's a B. But if you could tell me that this team, if you could tell me, Alex, that you are a contending team and you're in the running to win a championship this year, yeah, that's an A. That's an A. But if not, it's a C. So we'll go middle of the road and say B. I agree because I really do like. I I like this trade. For the from the perspective of the person getting Patrick Mahomes, because you're getting Patrick Mahomes and you're giving up a an un basically at this point an unknown commodity in Aaron Rodgers and a first round rookie pick. And I don't know how you got Mahomes that cheap. Yeah. Either. Which is kind of crazy to me. I think regardless of where this person um, is in their fantasy football league standings. I think it's a solid pick. I mean, I think it's a solid trade. I'm yeah, giving it's it away. It's, it's, I mean, whoever gave up Mahomes just got absolutely hosed. But well, also, where's the pick? That's the other thing. Well, this is, this is for a rookie draft. I'm assuming the rookie draft already happened. So this is for uh, 2022. Oh, yeah, true. They won't, then they won't know. Yeah, I'm assuming. So, like, and like I said, if the team is terrible, then this is a C minus because then the guy that just got a first round rookie pick more than likely is now going to have two rookie picks. picks in the top half. Hmm. Yeah, it's a B. It's a B, but I, I just have, I just have a lot of questions with that a lot. Uh, all right. So then we have 14 left Pierre Emmerich Aubameyang. Okay. This is from Corey and Corey asks, who is this? Is an interesting question too. Who is the best team to target 
whose players are affordable and what is the worst team to target whose players will be too expensive for your blood? Well, the team that's most expensive is the Kansas City Chiefs. Yes, correct. That's obvious. That's easy. But I don't think value-wise are that bad. No, but you're going to have to pay a premium to get players on the Chiefs, like the big players on the Chiefs. Yeah. I, the, way, the way that I took this question was, what is the worst team to draft in terms of price? Like, what's going to be the most overexpensive, not value for your money team to draft? And what's going to be the best value to draft team-wise? Like, for example, I think the best team to target collectively is probably the Indianapolis Colts, where you have Jonathan Taylor, who will be back into the first-round pick. Carson Wentz could have cost you next to nothing. Michael Pittman, who I think is cost you next to nothing, I think he's going to be great. So that's three guys right there. And the worst team that might be the most expensive that may not perform as brilliantly as you want. I might get slaughtered for this, but how about the Cowboys? You know, I was looking at fantasy pros and stuff. I was like, you know, Bird's probably going to say the Cowboys. Because, you know, looking at where Zeke and Dak and Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb and yeah. Michael Gallup are going, yeah, I agree with yeah. you. How about I mean, and how about another one? How about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Yeah. I think there's too many moving parts in Pittsburgh, but Dallas is the one that immediately jumped to my mind. Because you just have too many guys in the top half of the, of the draft. Like you said, Adam, CD, Amari Cooper, Dak Prescott, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, there's a lot of big, big names there that, you know, people automatically get to flock to the Cowboys because they're the Cowboys, of course. But what real upside do those guys have? You know? What I mean, about Seattle? Hmm. Yeah. I could see the argument for them being a value, and I could see an argument for them being too expensive. I could see both sides of the coin. Okay. Truly. Here's another one. Here's another one. Tennessee for worst. For worst? Well, yeah. on the high end, yes, because you have Henry, A.J. Brown, and Julio Jones. But you're going to yeah. be getting Tannehill for next to nothing. True. So, yeah. One one team for, you know, least expensive, the Falcons. I disagree. I think I think they're one of the worst. Just because of Kyle Pitts. <laughs> Kyle Kyle Pitts. Just because of Kyle Pitts. Really tips the scales. He he has turned into the new T Higgins. You know how we had this 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 hatred at the beginning of the year for T Higgins and how everything that came out of our mouths was about how awful T Higgins is. Well, yes. It, that guy is now Kyle Pitts and has everything to do with where he's being drafted. I mean, how about another, what Tampa Bay? Uh, it's a great yeah. one. Tom Brady's being drafted as a top eight quarterback. Uh, the running backs are, will be drafted for sure. And the receivers, Evans, Godwin, Antonio Brown, like I said, I, I, I'm really, really starting to like a lot. I think it, there's one receiver from that team that I'm going to be all over in drafts. It probably will be Antonio Brown. Well, before the injury that we don't want to talk about anymore, 
I would have said the Ram, uh, the Rams. Yeah, we don't talk about that injury. What about the Chargers? Have- mm. Uh. Yeah. For affordable. Yeah. Yeah, it's good. That's a great shot, actually. I don't think Herbert's price is that bad. Eckler's price in PPR, Eckler's price is not terrible. Keenan's price in PPR is fantastic. Mike Williams in a contract year, I like a good amount. And then Jared Cook is Jared Cook. And Jared Cook, you're basically getting for free. Yeah. Yeah, Adam, that's a really good one. That's a really Uh, good one. I like the Chargers a lot. So my two answers are going to be the Chiefs and the Chargers. The Chiefs for most expensive and the Chargers for least expensive. Wow, sticking to the AFC West, huh? Yep. And my my two are going to be the Colts for the least expensive and the Cowboys for the most expensive. People are going to call me a flake. I I, I just – I fucking know it. I I, I feel it in my bones. Well, listen, it's not an indictment on their team saying that that the players are expensive. Really, it's saying that the team has too many good players. Yeah, there's too there's too much going on. That's the problem. You know, when you have I know uh Jake yesterday posted something on Twitter where he I think it was from it might have been from uh U Stadium. It might have been. I I don't, I don't know. But he uh he posted it and he and he just kind of said that uh ranking the best receivers in the NFC East and he said that Amari's not the best receiver on his own team. You know, that's kind of the problem is that, yeah, there's a possibility that Amari Cooper is not the best receiver on his own team, that it is CeeDee Lamb. And those guys are being drafted pretty much in the same sort of range. So you're just kind of hoping that you're going to pick the right guy. And, you know, for me, that's kind of a game that I don't really want to play too much. God, that's so crazy. I just choose I just choose to stay away. But I'll draft some Cowboys somewhere because I'm a homer. Yeah. Hey, Adam. Yes, Bird. Do you know the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl this year? I hope not. You're gonna you would be insufferable. I'd have to take a week off. I'd have to take two weeks off the podcast. You know we're going to the Super Bowl, right? God forbid the Cowboys even win a Super Bowl. Oh, oh, this would be a fucking victory parade. I'd be going on vacation, a long vacation. Uh me too. I'll be going to Dallas. I'll be going to Dallas. I'll be in Suffolk. I'll be doing. Li- I'll be doing a live podcast from uh, from Dallas, talking to all the Cowboys fans about how great it is to win a Super Bowl and how we're the best. Well, you know, when the Jets win the Super Bowl, we're going to do a live podcast from the Canyon of Heroes. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm firing myself when the Jets win the Super Bowl, so we don't need to worry about that. Okay. My, jo- my job security is secure, unless, unless, of course, it's Corey Davis. If Corey Davis wins the Super Bowl then I might be able to celebrate a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, they're going to go to the Super Bowl this year, so. Oh, really? It's going to be the Cowboys and the Jets? Yeah, so we're going to not talk to each other for a long time. Ladies and gentlemen, we've got to inform you that this podcast will only continue on throughout the 2021 NFL season as Adam and I will be going through a bitter divorce come February when the Cowboys and the Jets play each other in the Super Bowl. Thank you very much for your continued and loyal support for this podcast. Maybe I'll be able to find a new partner soon enough. Yeah. Maybe it'll just be Jake and I talking about the Jets. Oh, you both are banned from my platforms. (laughs) 
I'll find some loyal cowboy fans to come on. Okay. So uh, in New York, so, good luck with that. I know plenty. So Jim, what do you think about Amari Cooper? Oh well, Amari Cooper is a wide receiver one. He's a great guy. Dak Prescott, quarterback one. Everyone else awful. What Terrible, do you think about shocking. Well, you know, I don't think he's the best receiver on his own team. Terrible. Absolutely terrible. Are you ready? My, my, to, uh, my friends, this? my friends, Jamie Carragher and Steven Gerrard, they they would absolutely hear this 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 kind of slander. They would be absolutely repulsed. They didn't come out in a while. They're 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 still in mourning over uh, over England's loss in uh, in the Euro, but they'll be they'll be coming soon. Okay. Anyway, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show, but everything under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella, wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host, Ed Birdsall, I am Adam Castor, and we will talk to you next time on the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. Au revoir. Bye-bye.